Yeah, yep, you're you're running fine on my little levels, so I don't All think right. it's good. Well, we've got the gang all back together again tonight. Will and Derek are joining me for this episode of No Driving Gloves. Be sure to check us out on the social medias, as I always say, on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, do we even need websites anymore? I don't know. We have one, but I'll be honest, the webmaster's a little lazy. hasn't updated it in a while. Just check out the Facebook and Instagrams. Uh, we'll get more and more stuff posted. We're going to pay a little bit more attention to that. Be sure to tell a friend about us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. It really does help us in the standings and the ratings there. Uh, we'll get a few more listeners that way. A few more listeners means a few more suggestions, so on. It all rolls uphill here, and uh, we get it. You know, we'll get it taken care of. If you have any show topic suggestions or whatever, uh, le- drop us a line on the social medias. Just find us at No Driving Gloves everywhere. Since everybody's here, let's see if we can catch up. I'm going to say I actually did some car restoration the last couple of weeks, messed with a couple of Lotus, kind of got frustrated with a few things. Custom fabricated parts don't fit, uh, little things like that. But, hey, that's that's the life we live. But I guess a bad day at my job is probably still a good day for most people. How's uh, Derek? Things are going well with you? You staying busy? I know you've got some side work and some uh, adventures going on. You know, I'm I'm actually doing great this week. Um, yeah, the the side work is is going fantastic. The Model A is back together. Took it out for I don't know twenty minute half hour drive uh, over the weekend, and everything's running great. And the work's going fantastic. Having a good time. Uh, doing some pretty cool things with uh, collections with kind of some digital content on collections. And hopefully, once we get those out. Uh, maybe we can kind of cross share some of that here on, on no driving gloves and uh, digging more into the collections and pulling out some cool artifacts that haven't been seen in, in quite some time and getting ready to take some unique things to some concours this year and uh, planning a, a pretty cool exhibit that's going to be opening up in uh, June of this year. So I'll talk about that probably when we get closer, but really just having a lot of fun lately. So, uh, makes me happy. Uh, weather's warming up in Kentucky and getting out in my garage, working on my projects as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm just having a good old time over here. Yeah, sounds like a little adventuresome week there in the, uh, hills of the, we call it the Appalachian mountains as far over as you are. Probably not. I was just thinking, uh, not, not really knowing I'm in the flatland of Kentucky. Uh, so. No moonshiners. Bummer. Mm, nope. So, Will, I know you uh, used the excuse last week that you were heading to Detroit to pick up some uh, repaired parts and that for a couple of your projects, but I think you just kind of used that as an excuse to maybe run by a small little car show up in Detroit. Is that a true statement? And you go pick up some parts and then maybe swing, swing by a little show? Well, technically, Wednesday night, I was uh, finishing up the floor in our new room for uh, our paint booth that will actually, by this time this airs, will hopefully be about halfway installed. So um, that's uh, really consuming a lot of my time right now, trying to finish up the construction for the uh, for the new paint booth room addition. Uh, Gavin and I, Gavin's uh, guy's been working with me pretty much since day one. He's pretty well painted every car that's come out of Big Oak Garage. Um, we decided to tackle 
doing a uh, multi-coat epoxy floor in our new paint booth room, which will house the paint booth, the mixing or mixing station, um, all the liquids and, and everything will be completely sealed off from the rest of the shop. So creating a little more room, getting a, getting the older paint booth out of the middle of the shop. And so creating a little more floor space for, for cars and something a little more sanitary and a little better work environment for Gavin in the back. So, man, that's just been uh, a lot of, a lot of time of, of the last couple of weeks and, Man, it seems like it's been a month since uh, we've all we've all talked. But yeah, Thursday morning we actually uh, left out really early, uh, going up to Detroit. Uh, had a little unfortunate uh, mishap in the little green dart. Um, actually, uh, got in touch with Mike Copeland, and he he repaired the engine for us, and it was ready. So we decided to. You know, going up to Detroit, pick up the motor. Uh, it just happened to be that the Detroit Autorama was going on the same weekend. So, of course, you know, we went over there for a few days and actually was able to take care of a lot of business and, and you know, see friends. It's kind of a breath of fresh air to, um, you know, see some cool cars during the middle of winter and and, and catch up with with people that you don't get to see very often. So, so yes and no, you know, that, that was my excuse. And, uh, I did go up there and, uh, get to see the sights and sound of the Detroit Autorama and, and all the buzz about the Riddler and all that stuff. So, um, speaking, speaking of the Riddler, I'd like to talk about that for a few minutes. You know, it's, um, Fortunately, we've, we have been a shop that, that has got to build a car and take it up there to compete for the Riddler. Uh, we're fortunate enough to get a grade eight. Um, that's, that's the only time I've ever done it, but you know, I've, I've been following the Riddler award for, I mean, since I was a kid, you know, it was always the uh, that's kind of the super bowl of the custom car industry, especially on, on the East coast, you know, yeah, you got the AMBR and you got the triple crown and the, the Reno cup and, you know, battle of the builders at SEMA. There's a lot of big awards out there, but the Riddler's just kind of the, the super bowl of it. It's the biggest, it's the, you know, it's the hardest to win because it's anything, you know, I mean, it, it's anything from a brand new car to the first car that's ever made are a completely one-off hand-built car. Anything can compete for the Riddler Award. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's always good to, to, to go up there and see that. And just, um, man, over the last three or four years, it just seems that um, simply the, the rules of the award are not clearly stated. Um, there's some gray areas and they just gotta, they just gotta, man, they gotta keep up with the times. You know, with that being said, the, the rules for the Riddler are the first time this car can be seen is on the floor of Cobo Hall on Wednesday night. It's not supposed to be seen on the internet. It's not supposed to be seen in public. You're, you can't have, um, 
a public event at your shop, you know, like a good guys tour or power tour or a NSRA open house or, you know, that is considered a public event. So, you know, it's not supposed to be seen there. Um, the first time it's supposed to be seen is on the floor at Cobo Hall. They, they've kind of revised it a little bit, but it's still, it's still really, really gray and nobody knows what you can post. Nobody knows what you can't post. Um, and, and the age of, of social media, I mean, basically somebody that don't even know you from Adam could walk into your shop when you're not there, take a picture of the car, post it on the internet. They find out about it. You're done. All of that time, all of that money that the, the customer has spent that you've spent trying to be different than everybody else, but still cool and creative is just completely thrown out the window because there are people that spend millions of dollars to build a car specifically for this award, not for anything else. There's been cars that's went to Detroit, either competed for the Riddler, won the Riddler, and you never saw them again. That's what they were built for. That was their intent. Either they won or they didn't. Um, and some of them are never seen again. So, that I mean, that's how serious people take this award. And, you know, it, it really, it, it's sad to see that the people that are running this award cannot keep up with the times. You're going to have to come up with some daggum rules and you got to stick to them. All right. If the rule is you can't post a picture of it on the internet, then stick to it. All right. If you want to change the rule to where you can put a picture on the internet, hey, that's great. I think, honestly, I think that's the best thing they could do. Let people put their build pictures of these cars online. Let Street Rider run a magazine article on you building your car. All that's going to do is create buzz at the show. It's going to want to make people come see that car finished. I, I agree 100%. You shouldn't see the car finished until it's at Cobo Hall. But, man, if you built these super cool, badass valve covers and you want to show them off, man, I think that's great. If, if you built some cool one-off wheels, hey, show them. I mean, it, it just creates buzz for the car, it creates buzz for the shop, and it creates buzz for the show. And, and, and social media is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, and, and stuff can go viral, and it could create more people and more customers for, for everybody. You know, that, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Um, I just wish they would really put some rules in black and white and, and, and get this thing back on the right track. This year, I'll kind of explain how it goes. You show up on Wednesday, you unload your car. They start judging your car right then. All right. You, you've got to do a, a, a small little test. It's got to crank. It's got to run. It's got to pull forward. You got to stop using the brake pedal and you got to turn and you turn left and you got to turn right. It's not that difficult. Um, just to make sure the car is uh, operational and very minimalistic. So once you do that, you know, you, they show you your spot, you set up your display and, you know, there's anywhere from 
you know, 30 to 100 cars debuting at the show that's uh, competing for the Riddler one. Wednesday night when you leave, um, they really kind of look over the cars pretty, pretty strong. Thursday you come in and you really start putting the final detail and uh, finish setting up your display. And Thursday night when you leave, that's when they really narrow down the grade eight. So Friday morning before the show opens, they announce the grade eight. So to even to be eligible for the Riddler, you have to be a grade eight car. And then over the course of the next couple of days, man, they pick apart every you know each grade eight car, narrowing it down to the ultimate winner of the Riddler Award. Friday or Saturday morning, I get over to the show, and you know we know the cars that are in the grade eight, all deserving cars, very well built, nice, really nice high dollar, highly detailed, good looking cars. They did a great job picking a grade eight. So I go to lunch, come back, and they have kicked three cars out of the grade eight. All right. For being seen on the internet. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, at least I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it for the the guys, the builders and the customers that it happened to, but at least they're kind of sticking to the rules. Unlike last year where actually the car that won was shown in bare metal at a public event, a big car show. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're making the right decisions here, trying to get this back on track to where it needs to be. Well, heck, by the end of the day, those three cars were allowed back in. Now, I wasn't there. I had already headed back home, so I don't really know exactly what went down. I don't know exactly why they were let back in, but still, they were kicked out, and then they were let back in. And ultimately, at the end of the day, one of the cars that was kicked out and let back in won it. So the Silver 57 was kicked out, put back in, and it won the award. Granted, when when I walked when I walked through there and I saw the grade eight, I said that's the car that's going to win. Um, I assumed that car would win, and ultimately, uh, it did. Not without having to jump through some hoops and and whatnot. So, you know, there's just a small example of if you don't have rules, you don't make people stick to your rules, then it, it, it's it's going to cause mass confusion from here on out, and Ultimately, at the end of the day, people are going to stop building these type of cars for that specific award. Don't get me wrong. People are still going to build super high-end cars just because we can. And people want that. They want the nicest car that they can, you know, that they can afford to build. And it just, it, it, it really sucks to see that award kind of start getting tainted so to speak and, and like i said i'm i'm no expert on the riddler award i've only been up there one time uh we were fortunate enough to get a grade eight it's just you need to make some rules you need to keep up with the times and you need to stick to your rules i don't know why the cars were let back in i i did hear why they were 
were kicked out, but I'm, I don't know what the reasoning was for of letting them back in. I'm sure I will here. Um, and, and that's really just beside the, the point period is make the rules, keep up with the times and stick to your guns. And, you know, that's going to make it's, it, it makes everything so much smoother when you have black and white rules. And yes, I know in, in where there's rules, there's gray areas in this and gray areas in that. And, and, and that will have to be changed as time goes on. But from what I could tell, nothing had changed from last year, from when, you know, that the people that won the Riddler last year said that that was a different car. And I guess it could be, um, because I know Chris Ito designed, designed those cars and, and they were supposed to build, I think 12 with fenders, 12 without fenders. I'm not exactly sure. So it, it, it could have been a different car, but, uh, it, it don't really appear that way when you look at the bare metal picture where it was at, I think the Portland Roadster show or Portland, Portland ICA show, whatever they call it. And the car that won. Yeah. The wheels were a little different and the headlights were a little different, but, uh, it, it sure really looked like the exact same car. But anyway, it just seemed like nothing was changed after that. And that upset a lot of people. I'm not even saying I, I, I wasn't up there last year, so I don't know what was the best car, but a lot of people were saying that wasn't even the best car that, uh, there was, there was a couple other early Fords up there that, that were a lot better car than the car that won. Um, but anyway, I wasn't there. I'm not the judge, you know? So anyway, I think, uh, I think I'm pretty much done with my little rant. If y'all have any questions, I'd be glad to answer them. <laughs> I can see where what you're saying and completely understand. I'm, I think all the listeners can understand. I'm a rules guy and rules are rules. And I like writing rules and creating rules. And if you don't believe that, talk to anybody that uh, get rents a swap meet spot for me in the fall. Um, I, I enjoy my rules. I, I, I don't and I'm not very flexible on them. Uh, but I do understand your challenge. Um, you had an open house at your place last fall. I came up to handed out some no driving glove stickers and merchandise and things too. So yeah, check out Will's shop and pay attention to his open houses in case you want stickers, magnets, and stuff from no driving gloves. Shameless plug. But <laughs> <laughs> are some big oak garage gear. Yeah, and Will will be happy to sell you that <laughs> or throw it in free with any signed contract for a job. <laughs> And if you notice, we have discontinued the will I need employment segment of the show, I believe, but our need employees. Oh, I'm sure it'll come back. Hey, if you're an experienced fabricator and looking for a cool place to work, contact Big Oak Garage. Okay. Well, see? Okay. I guess we brought back that segment. But I remember walking through and I was a little hesitant on taking some pictures and putting them on social media, especially the no driving glove site, because... I, I know some of those rules and I don't know where those cars are going. And you kind of said afterwards, oh, it was okay. You've had signs up before and nobody pays attention to them. And I guess the general public has to, you know, be a little bit aware of that. Uh, and even the big, you know, the big concourse, I know Pebble Beach has a rule that 
I think if you show a car at Pebble Beach, you can't be shown at any show, you know, 12 months prior to Pebble Beach in a certain period of time afterwards, just because of, you know, the, the rules they have, you know, very, very few exceptions. And because the shows want the exclusivity and they don't want things that everybody's seen. But in this day and age of social media and you don't know who's going to snap a picture and, you know, Will Shop's not the Pentagon. It doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have security guards and lockdown and, you know, check your cell phones at the door. But maybe that's what the Riddler people want. Maybe that's something that the shops are going to have to step up to if you uh, go for the Riddler. But you need to put those rules in writing, you know, publish them and so be it. But I know those builds take more than 12 months, too. So, you know, if I'm starting a, a build today... And I'm looking at trying to compete for the Riddler in 2021. When does when does the Autorama publish those rules? These are the rules for the 2021 show. You can't. I mean, if I was building a show five years or or building a car four years ago, three years ago, I would have never even dreamed of Instagram. You know, that, what's next? Social media. What's you know, or Instagram Stories with a 60 second video. So it's an ever-changing thing, and I think Will's yep. you know complaints are justified, but the judging has to kind of, and the rules kind of have to be a little bit lax, or they have to have some forgiveness just because of the way technology changes. I, I want to add something right quick that, that I actually forgot to talk about. And, you know, with you're right, John. Today with, with social media, I mean, Facebook, Instagram, just everything. It's everywhere. Everybody has a freaking video recorder and a camera in their pocket at all times. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. I I think that the social media side of it could actually grow that show to something bigger than than they've ever seen at the Autorama. Uh, This year, there was the aisles were a little wider and... You know, that there was space at the back of the building where they could have put more cars, more vendors. Um, you know, so so it wasn't packed to the gills like it's been in the past. You know, I, I really think they need to embrace these shops and these, these guys that are paying to have these cars built. They need to embrace social media with these Riddler projects and, and possibly even putting them in magazines as a build thread in some of the higher end magazines to create a buzz about these cars before they get there. It's going to create a buzz about the show. It's, it's, it's going to create a buzz about the guy that owns it, his vision of, of why he's building this car and, and the craftsmen at the shop that, that are, that are putting it together and the artist that's putting it on paper. You know, it's really going to, it's going to drive, people to Detroit to see these cars finished. No, you don't need to put an article out there with a finished car and you don't need to put the finished car on your website or on Facebook or Instagram. Um, It may slip up and happen if, if it does and you didn't post it and the customer didn't post it, then you know what? You don't have any control over that. Somebody can hack into my freaking security cameras and and screenshot whatever they want and put it all over the internet, I'm sure. I don't know how to do that, but I guarantee there's somebody out there that does. Um, not saying that that's going to happen for a daggum car show, but you never know. 
I, I can sort of agree with you. And, you know, there, there's I can look at it from both sides. I'm really good at arguing, you know, either side of the the, the, the argument or being on either. And I, I understand what you're saying. Let's build some buzz and let's oh, this car is being built for the Riddler. Let's follow it in a magazine. Let's follow it on my social media. Here's, you know, my Instagram thread on, you know, the hottest, most shapely 32 Ford and follow that on Instagram. And we're, we're going for the Riddler in 2021. But the problem, I, I, you know, I can see with the the Autorama and the, the Riddler Award is all of a sudden every rod shop is going to be building a car for the Riddler, and it's going to kind of oh, I'm building, I'm building, I'm building. Maybe the the rule should be who cares if it shows up on social media, but 12 months out, it's kind of like a juried art show. Say, if say Big Oak Garage is building a car to compete for the Riddler, you know, right now you're building it, but 12 months out. You have to submit that car to the Detroit Autorama, and they're going to say, okay, we think the quality we know what Big Oak Garage builds, that is the quality we want for the Riddler. And so, okay, from now, for the next 12 months, it is a blackout period on that car. You know, you work on it. You have people in your shop. You cover it up. No pictures. Nothing goes out. And you've got a little bit of the buzz beforehand, and you can build off the social media from the previous two years of the build and get some excitement, you know, it prevents, you know, you know, John Viviani's hot rod shop, you know, my, my Hyundai Velocity Riddler award contender that I'm building and I'm following on social media, follow us and, you know, hashtag, you know, JV street rods, you know, that, that prevents that from every little Tom, Dick and Harry building a Riddler and claiming it. And in that last 12 months, you start, you can go ahead and post those early pictures if you want to, you know, and it's up to you if your shop puts them out because, you, you know, you might all of a sudden come up with some new way of, you know, Frenching a door handle in a tuck and roll, you know, whatever. And that you don't want anybody to see. But, you know, that's up to you whether or not you want to leak that out or leak out a quarter of a picture of something new, new modification you've come up with. And let, let the shop uh, do some of its pre-promotion and create that buzz. But, like I said, I think the, the best thing is to... It, it, 12 months out, everybody needs to, everybody who wants to compete for the Riddler in, say, 2019, right now they have to submit, you know, an application with some some photos and let the Autorama kind of choose 25 or 30 cars that, okay, these cars can be publicized as Riddler contenders. And then when they get there, you know, because if I understand what you explained the judging, right, you have the Autorama, say, with 100 cars. Then they come in and then they pick the the grade eight. They pick the eight eight out of one hundred that can compete for the Riddler. But we don't know what those are until, you know, effectively we don't know what those are until they're actually named the grade eight. And then the grade eight go into the the microscopic judging over the next twenty four forty eight hours. You have to submit pictures of your car for that. And I'll be honest, I'm sure they probably have a pretty good idea say there's a hundred cars coming, they probably got a good idea of the top 15 before they're even unloaded out of the trailer. You know, I mean, you gotta, cause I mean, you can submit anything for the Riddler. If it's the first time shown, you just built a rat rod. Okay. Well, crap. I'll just debut it at the auto Rama and we're going to go for the Riddler. You know, you can do that. They're, they don't turn anybody away and say, no, you can't. Now, you may be in a, a 10 by 10 in the back corner of the building, but you're still there as first time shown. 
So they consider you a Riddler contender just because it's first time shown. So they probably got a good idea of the top, you know, 15 or 20 before you even roll them out of the trailer. Okay. I'll give you that, but I still think, you know, everybody, if all of a sudden it's allowed allowed to publish pictures on social media more than, you know, with less than 12 months before the show, everybody's going to be building a Riddler car and it's, you know, it'll create that buzz for certain shops that aren't deserving because, you know, I've walked into some shops that shouldn't be building go-karts for 10 year olds, let alone, you know, thousand horsepower hot rods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No feeling. I don't think Derek has a clue what we're talking about. (laughs) I lived, Hey, I lived in Detroit for like 10 years. I went to every autorama while I was there. I know the Riddler award. Um, But, you know, I have to say, uh, I can kind of see both sides of this. Although I guess the way I look at it is maybe from, you have to have the rules. John and and Will, you guys both agree on that. You've got to have the rules. You've got to have something. What that rule is, it needs to be discussed. You have to think about what the modern day technology is, social media, all those things. But the way I look at it and what I see, I don't think there should be the blackout, complete blackout period that, that John mentions. I feel like not only can you create buzz with some pictures of like Will mentioned, you know, maybe you built this really cool header design to go on the engine and you want to show it off and you, you just show that tight picture of the engine with the header. You don't show a whole bunch of stuff. Not only is that going to drive interest in what that car is going to look like when it's done. Yeah, Will, I know most of you guys in the hot rod industry all know each other, just like those of us in the the antique car, classic car world in the museums, and you all talk. But there's also that little bit of, oh, hey, man, Big Oak Garage. Man, they put out this picture, this cool header they built. And we know we're going up against them for the Riddler. We got to do something even better. And it's going to drive that competitive spirit in the competition and probably lead to some really cool stuff coming out of these shops that hasn't been thought about before. It's going to push kind of the innovation of the hot rod industry even further. And I think that's in some cases where, especially in the hot rod world, I think that's what these competitions should be encouraging is innovation in what you're doing, more creativity and to completely black it out. Oh, you, nobody can see any part of the car. I think it actually hinders what you're trying to do. Now, granted you'd see it when the car is unveiled, but that just means now, you know, next year, everybody's going to be trying to beat that. And those people are going to be coming up with something even better. Why not? why not drive the creativity while everyone's building their car? So that's the one thing I've never really uh, liked about the Riddler award. Uh, when, you know, when I lived in Detroit and I was going to Autorama every year was, I always felt it was kind of a shame that 
they had to first time only show the car and they couldn't have shown anything on it and so on and so forth because I always felt like, well, you know, if I was building one of these and I knew, you know, Will was down in, you know, Hoax Bluff doing something cool, I'd want to, I'd want to try to top that and it would drive the creativity of the, the cars being built. So I'm, I'm more on the side of, you know, yeah, there's got to be rules, but as Will says, get with the times, realize what social media is doing and, and what it can lead to and use it to better the competition and better the show and better everything about Autorama and the Riddler Award. So that's where I'd stand on the Riddler Award. And I mean, John and I can probably go into a whole bunch of other stuff at, at car shows for restored cars that we have rants on, because I'll tell you, I don't agree with a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in the restoration world with judging. So, but I don't know if we have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just want to say I, I have, I have no complaints about, what was in the grade eight, what didn't make the grade eight, even the car that won. I have no complaints about the actual judging, so to speak, that is involved. It's just what is really eligible and what is not eligible. Don't be kicking cars out and letting cars back in once you've gave them the award already. You know, you, you should know if that car has been shown or been seen on social media before it gets there. You should know that. Whether you hire somebody to go, you know the cars that are coming. You know the shops that are bringing them. Just go look. It's not that difficult, you know? So why were those cars even eligible for the grade eight when they unloaded them off the trailer. It's called politics, Will. You know, that, that's... Well, I mean, I understand there, there, there's politics and everything, you know, and that could have had something to do with it. I don't know. But, you know, if you put it out there, everybody's seen it. Well, not everybody, but people that, you know, watch these shops and or watching these, you know, follow these shops, you know, they saw it too. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That That's just, they should know who's eligible legitimately for the grade eight before they're even unloaded on the trailer. That's all I got to say. Well, as Derek said, I'm sure him and I can get into uh, the same argument on other shows. And so I'm, as, let me defend Will a little bit and say it's not just the autorama. It, it, I see it all the time, and rules change and things things flex. And I'll be honest, I, I manage a competition every year, and somehow the rules always somehow slide a little bit. You know, the award here is a hundred bucks, uh, as opposed to like he said, some of these cars. It's um, all three of us here sitting doing this podcast combined. Well, even with Will's, you know, income, we'll never make enough to pay for one of these cars. <laughs> you know, heck, I'm going to be lucky to make enough in my life to pay for a set of wheels for one of them. But it's it, it's it's serious money and it's serious competition on you know levels that are 
beyond most of our com- comprehension for the, for the money involved. You just have to have a set of rules and you have to, you know, you have to stick by them and be able to stick by them to make it a play, you know, a fair playing field. You can't, it's the old rule. You can't make everybody happy all of the time. And again, you're dealing with people that are spending a million, two million, you know, dollars on a car. So these aren't people that take no for an answer. But unfortunately, if you're going to run a show that you have, and we'll say the grade eight, you've got $16 million worth of cars, you're going to have to tell seven people no. And you're going to have to be able to stand by it. And you're going to have to be able to tell probably 10 more people no that you can't get in because somebody went into a shop and took a picture on social media. And then unfortunately, that shop's going to get lambasted by the owner that just spent $2 million on a car. And, you know, um, we have, we've re- I've recently been in a meeting and it was a kind of explain that, you know, it rolls downhill and at the bottom of that hill is a manure spreader and you just kind of, and sometimes that manure spreader just can't unload and it just has to take what comes at it. Uh, defend, you know, not to defend the shop, but you know, if the shop lets the picture get taken of the client's car, that's paying him a million dollars to build the car. And the guy, the shop knows the rules for the Riddler too. You, you if you're going to let the picture be taken, you have to be worried willing to be disqualified or you need to you know when you sign that contract for that car to build that car for that client you have to be aware of those rules and like i said you might have to under today's rules cover that car up anytime that one of your technicians is not around at watching it uh you might have to build a booth around it just so that it can't be seen by the general public if you have an open house you have to hide that car you know again build a false wall around it so nobody can see it. It's when you, like I said, once you, once you take that deposit and you take that contract, you're responsible for adhering to the rules just as much as the car owner or your employee. You know, you've even got to worry about your employee taking a picture. Oh, I got a really cool TIG weld. And, you know, so he puts it on his Instagram and all of a sudden, you know, some judge at the Riddler sees it and goes, Oh, wait a second. That was, you know, you know the Odyssey sixty three twenty three. You know that 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 can't. That's all of a sudden disqualifying it. Rules are rules, and they need to be written down and they need to be adhered to. And if you're going to change them, you got to change them and give give the poor people a little bit of a chance. You know, if you choose them for the grade eight, and then the next morning you wake up and go, oh, we changed the rule, and you're no longer eligible. And then that afternoon, when after that guy throws a fit at lunch, you change the rule back. Can't be doing that not fair to the other seven guys or say 99 people in the building or whatever. Well, and it's, it's not fair to the other guy, but it also, in my opinion, it questions the credibility of the award. I mean, flat out. And, and as Will said, you know, I've known about the Riddler pretty much since I was a kid growing up in Michigan. You just, you kind of know about those things. If you're in the car world, you know, you go to the shows, you hear people talk about them. And the Riddler is, as Will says, one of the most respected awards in the hot rod business in that that world. And when you start changing your mind on things like that from one day to the next, from one hour to the next, where's the credibility in that award? It's it's showing that that award is about the politics of of the the show 
and possibly the amount of money someone is throwing at something, uh, be it the build of the car or something else going on. And I'm not saying that's, you know, that is what's going on at the Riddler, but that's what the appearance of changing your mind constantly about the rules can lead to. And, you know, if, if you're going to be a respected award, if you're going to be the Riddler, if you're going to be, uh, you know, overall best of show at Pebble Beach, there should be no way anyone can question the credibility of that award because you've flip-flopped on a rule somewhere. You know, and it's just, it's the way it is. And the, uh, the other thing I would say is the people that are competing for it and and, you know, I haven't had to make rules for something as high level as the Riddler, but it amazes me when you do make a rule, the people that try to get around it and, and cheat the system. And I know in, in racing, there's the old saying of, you know, you, you don't read the real rule book to find out what you're not allowed to do. You read it to find out what's not written. Um, don't try to cheat the system either. If you're trying to compete, nothing drove me crazier than some of the, you know, applicants for like old car festival at Greenfield village, very stringent rules that the cars have to be the way they came from factory. And people would apply with cars that had been modified in some way or another. Why? Why adhere to the rules, no matter which side of the game you're on, whether you're the judge or the participant adhere to it, Make sure that it is the credible competition and award that it needs to be to be as well-respected as something like the Riddler Award should be and for a long time was and and hopefully still is. Um, I mean, that's what I would say about it. Sorry about my rant turning into the entire show. (laughs) Well... I think that's why we named the the podcast No Driving Gloves, because originally the idea was my weekly rants, and you two came along for the ride. So uh, <laughs> part of it is to, to rant and to voice, and obvi- you know, obviously, especially the Riddler and what you do, it's a big part of your life. Yeah, so, I, I generally try to stay pretty neutral on most things, just yeah, I, I, for the sheer fact of... of you know, what I do for a living and, and, and who can help it and who can hurt it, you know? And, uh, you don't really, you don't want to make anybody mad. Yeah, I do. But well, maybe you do. I, I try not to. One, um, one third of us wants to make, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I just feel like something really needed to be said and, and, you know, I don't care what they do with the rules. I don't care if they make it so, you know, you can, I guess I do care to me, it needs to debut there, but I don't care if you can put it on social media. If you can't put it on social media, I I don't really care what the rules are. We just need something to go by. They need to just put something down on paper, post it on their website. And that's it. That's what you go by. If you want to see the rules for the Riddler, you don't have to call the Michigan Hot Rod Association and get them to send it to you. They should be posted 
on on the Detroit Auto Grammar website and Michigan Hot Rod Association website. Because the Riddler's not an ISCA award, it's a Michigan Hot Rod Association award that's just given away at the Detroit Auto Rama. I was going to say, I guess it's, I, I, in the layman's term and something, the real world, I guess people in the real world, I, I kind of um, call it, you're saying they need less NASCAR-like rules and more Formula One-like one like rules because you know in nascar you, you can have some spring settling in a race in formula one if you don't have and excuse me i don't know the real number but if you don't have 1.2 centimeters of ground clearance on your car at the end of the race you're disqualified and, and don't, don't don't let it be 1.98 centimeter or one you know it's got to be exactly that and it's it's that fine thing you want rules with no no variance whatsoever. You wrote the rule, the rule sticks. That's that's right. And and do you know how much smoother everything would go? Okay, you're in, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're in. It's that simple. It's that it could be that simple. But they're making it freaking just so complicated where everything is so gray. You you know. I had a fellow builder that is actually one of my uh, idols in the industry. He's been doing this a really, really long time, and I like everything he's ever built pretty much. Uh, He told me, he said, Will, you want to know why there's certain awards that I don't try to go for? Because you don't know what you're going for. You don't know the rules. You can't fight if you don't know the rules. And um, and this was said to me, Several years ago, I mean, this is a guy that has won the Riddler. He's won AMBR. He's he's won every major award that you can imagine, and um, and, and he was just like, if you don't know the rules, you you, you don't you, you don't even know how to build the car for that award or what to do. He said, so I just don't even mess with it. You got people that won't even build cars if they don't know the rules. So if you put some hard rules there, you may even have more builders showing up for it because they know what they're doing. They know what they're building a car for. We ended up going from the negative to the positive. You put the spin on it, and you're exactly right. I I could use names, but I'm not going to, but... I have a theory behind certain Formula One engineers that they used to push the boundaries and push the boundaries of engineering year after year and built some fabulous cars. But they kind of got tired, you know, they'd build some great cars and win a lot. And then they would come out with some radical within the rules design. And all of a sudden, you know, okay, yeah, that's a, that's an approved design. And then everybody else saw it and throws a fit. And then it's, you know, thrown out. The rules are rewritten. And you're going, you know, it's, it's not cheap to build a Formula One car. Or it's not cheap to engineer something and then have all the rules change because everybody else doesn't like it or your interpretation. So totally agree with where you're at. And let's just do that. I mean, every, every show out there, look at your rule book. Um, it, ha- it has to be in writing. Uh, like I say, the event that I took over a couple of years ago and I managed, we had rules, but none of them were ever written down. And I, I can't deal with that i can't walk up to somebody and say 
I'm sorry, I'm not renewing your your space or I'm not, you know, I need you to go home because you've broken the rules. And I go, well, show me the rule. Well, it's just a rule we know exists. No, you know, now people, when they register, they sign acknowledging they've received a copy of the rules and you break the rules. It's the way it is. It just, it makes it simpler and cleaner and you don't think it improves things. But like you said, it it makes things go so much smoother. Everybody everybody knows the playing field. Everybody knows the game. I think we made Derek be quiet this episode a lot on this topic. And of course, he talked about last week. So do you have anything to say? Well, I mean, <laughs> I agree. I mean, I agree most with what you guys are saying. And you guys, you know, I, I mean... I've added what I had to say about, you know, and to me, a big part of it is that side of it where, yeah, the shows need to make the rules and stick to them, but nothing drives me crazier. And I, and like I say, I get it, but I'm not one who, I don't try to cheat the rules in life and I hate Nothing more than I was when I see someone at a car show or going up for an award that's trying to cheat the rules because they want to win. You know, it I'm sorry, it rules are there to make it a fair competition. And if you can't deal with that, then don't enter the show. Don't enter the competition. If you can't, you know, deal with you might not win then go home because cheating the rules again it's just as bad as the show not sticking to the rules so i think for me it's on it's on both sides it's on the show and it's on the competitor to set the rules follow the rules and make it an honorable competition and like will says with the rules there and if you're an honest participant you know what you're fighting for and you know how to win. And guess what? If somebody's better than you, then that time around, the best man won. Well said. Will says well said. And I am going to say that that seems like a good conclusion to the show. I'll just kind of wrap it up that, you know, at no driving gloves, why this was kind of created is a, to be able to be a soapbox for us at time to time and to educate you about the hobby. We've always encouraged the collector car hobby be for fun. And some idea of fun is to get into your car and go to a donut run on a Saturday morning. Some guy's idea is to sit around in the afternoon or, excuse me, on a, a Saturday morning and have a cup of coffee in the freezing weather with a bunch of guys. And other people, it's to go to a show and win a trophy. But in order to win that trophy, there has to be those rules. And then that guy can play by those rules. And if he loses, he loses. If he wins, he wins. But it's a fair game, and it, it makes it fun for everybody all across the board. So don't get upset. You know, if you're somebody who has to play by the rules, only go with competitions that print the rules. If you're somebody who likes to run that little gamble and kind of likes to argue and there's a little bit of fun, look for those vague rules it shows. But with that, I mean, know what you're getting into, but remember guys, cars are for fun. You know, you buy your Honda to go to and from work and, uh, Get your 32 Ford to have fun with on Saturdays and Sundays. Take the family out. So with that, I'm going to say I'm going to bed, get everybody. And uh, 
Good night, good morning, whatever generic time of the day it is for you. I'm out of here. Adios. See you guys next time.